From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Before we get into this episode, I want to wish everybody a very happy Martin Luther King Day. Rest in peace, Martin Luther King. Your dream lives on. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get into this Super Stack show, I want to thank all my fans from all over the world. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean. Without you guys, there is no us. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Lots of great shit coming to the YouTube channel. Yo, I gotta salute all my passengers from all over the world. I'm talking about Germany. I'm talking about Ireland. Moscow, Russia, bro, Russia. I wanna salute everybody from the United States, Mexico, Canada, the UK, Australia, Ecuador. The list goes on and on, and I salute you guys because it, it is so humbling. I appreciate every one of my listeners. Without you, there is no us. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We got a doozy of a show for you today. We're going back in time to 1996. We're talking about the next two episodes of Monday Night Raw from 1996. We're going to be talking about AEW Rampage from this past Friday. We're going to be talking about WWE SmackDown from this past Friday. And we got a lot of news and notes to get into. So, without further ado, let's cut the chit-chat. And let's get into this Superstack show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for letting me into your morning routine on this beautiful Monday. Well, I guess it's beautiful depending on your preference on weather because here in the city it is freezing and it is snowing and raining and it's it's a little, you know, the weather's kind of fucking me up right now. But I just want to say thank you so much for everybody who rides with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Without you, there is no me or my passengers stand up. We appreciate you. We salute you, and without you guys, this podcast don't exist, so thank you. We got a super stack show, like I always say, hashtag super stack. I'm going to get that on the shirt, pro wrestling tees, you know what I mean? Let's talk about the news and notes in professional wrestling. Breaking news out of yesterday, Mustafa Ali has asked for his request from the WWE. It was reported by Fightful that this is coming after a clash with Vince McMahon, a backstage argument. Supposedly, Vince McMahon asked him to make a character change that Mustafa Ali was uncomfortable making and something that he said his character would never do. And it was just the final straw in the eyes of Mustafa Ali. He put out a Twitter post saying that, you know, I have a message that is much bigger than my dreams in professional wrestling. Despite my best efforts, I will not be able to deliver this message while working for the WWE. 
Now, at first when I read that, it sounded like he was talking about retirement from professional wrestling because he said bigger than dreams in professional wrestling. But I, you know, I don't see him being done with wrestling. I definitely see him not comfortable in the WWE, especially if, you know, I don't know if this is the case. I'm just, you know, I'm just guessing. But especially if Vince McMahon is asking him to do a character that he's uncomfortable with, it kind of sounds like it might have been a stereotypical character, a stereotypical old-school wrestling Middle Eastern character, which is not cool. You know what I mean? Not cool. Not okay. And Mustafa Ali's made it known that he's not comfortable doing shit like that. You know what I mean? But I don't know. At this moment, WWE has yet to grant him his release. But... It came out during the weekend that WWE is open to granting people their release. So, I mean, I don't know. It all depends. But Mustafa Ali is a great, great competitor. And he's a great, great wrestler. Wherever he ends up is only going to be a plus for that place. I would like to see him in Impact Wrestling. I think he could definitely show his creative geniuses in Impact Wrestling and run wild. Um, I... Don't want to say AEW because right now AEW is getting a bunch of uh, former WWE guys. And right now AEW's roster is so stacked until they, you know, don't re-sign some guys whose contract is up currently. I wouldn't, I, I would personally hold off on signing anybody right now if I'm AEW. But definitely Impact Wrestling, MLW would be dope for Mustafa Ali. GCW would be dope for Mustafa Ali. So wherever he ends up, he's definitely going to be a star. So I'm not worried for his future, but it just all depends on what the WWE wants to do. That will they grant him his release or not? Speaking of the WWE, the WWE during the weekend made comments about AEW and it, it, it made the rounds. A lot of people has a lot of opinions right now. Basically the Toronto star released this weekend, discussing a rivalry between AEW and the WWE And in said article, the WWE was basically bashing AEW for the violence that's on the show. The quote is, If you look at the gory self-mutilation that bloodied several women on the December 31st event on TNT, it quickly becomes clear that these are very different businesses. End quote. That was the statement by the WWE. They have a problem with the self-mutilation of women. They have a problem with the gore that AEW has. If you remember, they made a statement before a couple years ago that AEW is nothing but blood and guts. They would continue to say, We had an edgier product in the Attitude Era, and in a 2022 world, we don't believe that that type of dangerous and brutal display is appealing to network partners, sponsors, venues, children, or the general public as a whole. <sighs> now, my opinion of that is, shut the fuck up. Yo, honestly, shut up. WWE literally in 2020 had an eye for an eye match where Rey Mysterio's supposed eye was popped out of his fucking head. And you're going to say that AEW is too brutal for the partners and the sponsors. Man, shut up. Here's the shit. All right, listen. At the end of the day, Warner Media is said to be very happy with AEW. Whether you as the WWE or the WWE fans or anti-AEW fans, whether you like it or not, they are in good standings with their television product. They are in good standings with their television network. 
TNT is happy about the ratings that Rampage has. Rampage is literally on at 10 o'clock. It could be a little bit more edgier because of the time that it comes on. And AEW on TBS hitting a million viewers on their debut. You can't tell me that TBS ain't happy about that. AEW been having fucking bloodbaths and cursing and all that for at least three years now. And I don't think AEW had any complaints from TBS. They are in good standings with TBS. I'm sure they told TBS, since it is a tape show, or TNT, Warner Media in general, I'm sure they let their partners know that there was going to be a lot of blood in the main event on the December 31st episode of Rampage in that match between Ty Conti, uh, Anna Jay, Penelope Ford, and The Bunny. I'm sure they let them know. It was reported in the past that they let the uh, partners at the TV station know that blood and guts is going to be a little gory. So I'm sure AEW followed suit and did the same thing here. So, first of all, if you don't know how AEW's sponsors or their TV partners or how their fans as a whole react to that product, if you don't know for sure, how are you going to say, you know what I mean? Just say it's not for you. And the fact that you're calling out AEW for a specific match and making it seem like that's all the company is about, Come on. That, that, that's, that's bullshit to me. Like, honestly, the WWE is hypocritical. So in a 2020 world, the 2022 world, where you're trying to garner towards kids, you have Mandy Rose leaving very little to the imagination in her wardrobe on NXT every Tuesday. Not saying there's any problem with that. I personally, as a grown man, don't have any problem with that. But you're... Talking about AEW might upset the kids. They might upset the sponsors. It's a little too edgy. Last time I checked, the WWE was fake edgy. Every single time the women have a feud with each other, one female has to call the other female a bitch. Every single time. Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch. You ain't big times Beck. You're a big time bitch. I don't think the kids like that. And if you don't think that that's, you know, if you're trying to garner towards kids, like, are you kidding me? Is that really? (laughs) I mean, I don't see Disney Channel and Nickelodeon saying the word bitch. That's what I'm saying. Like, yo, at a certain point, AEW needs to stop talking about the WWE And the WWE needs to stop talking about AEW because they both come off sounding foolish. Unless you're spitting cold hard facts, these opinions about each other just comes off as foolish. Because there's holes in the argument for both the WWE and AEW. There's holes in the argument. So why even mention anything? Now, if the article said, you know, do you look at AEW as competition? The WWE could very well just say we're in different businesses. Like they always do. They're, you know, they're former. We, we don't do wrestling. We're sports entertainment. We make movies, pal. You know what I mean? Like, that's all you have to say. Pointing out a match where the women got a little bloody and saying that's why you're not competition. And it's too 
gory for television. Like, come on. You fucking set the fiend on fire. You set the fiend on fire last year. You burnt a man alive. You set him on fire. You had a man's eye come out of his fucking head in an eye versus an eye match. That wasn't gory. That wasn't uh, pushing the envelope. Fuck out of here. But anyway, let's drop this argument about WWE versus AEW and let's just talk about AEW. Because another debate that's been going around right now is, is AEW in a slump? Is AEW missable at the moment? Is AEW not firing on all cylinders? It's a very interesting argument. Very interesting. Now, there's a couple different ideas that I have for why people have each stance. I'm going to tell you my personal stance. I don't think AEW right now is in a slump, but I don't think that they are putting out the best product they could put out. I don't think AEW is firing on all cylinders, but on the other hand, I still think, in my personal opinion, AEW is still can't miss television. At least Dynamite. I might DVR Rampage. But AEW Dynamite, in my opinion, is still can't miss television. Because you never know. AEW doesn't follow the formula. AEW doesn't follow the template. AEW is different. And that that's fun. But that doesn't mean that they're not, you know... That doesn't mean that they have the best show out right now. Now, last week, on the last episode of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, check it out, I said that protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the united states supreme court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered from iheart podcast supreme the battle for roe tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case roe v wade sir i graduated the top quarter of my class we, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. At the moment, 
Impact Wrestling is more fun to watch than AEW. And I stand by that. And I'm going to tell you why. AEW has an influx of megastars. Now, whether you're an old school head and don't think that CM Punk, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson are megastars. In the current landscape of professional wrestling, Adam Cole is a star. CM Punk is a star. Brian Danielson is a star. Kyle O'Reilly is a star. And there's more to come. We might see Johnny Gargano here in AEW soon. There's always the belief that Bray Wyatt could show up in AEW. You got the releases of Keith Lee, Samoa Joe, Karrion Cross, Killer Cross. They all may show up in AEW. And I don't want to come off as disrespectful. I don't want to be disrespectful. Because the men and women who ply their craft in the ring, you know, it's second to none. But I'm, I'm going to just give you my opinion on why I feel... The shows aren't as exciting right now as they could be. And in my opinion, this is all my opinion, so don't crucify me for this. Because I know there's a lot of, you know, territorialism. There's a lot of AEW fans who, if you say anything bad about AEW, they're coming to your house with pitchforks and torches. And there's a lot of WWE fans with the same opinion. But here's the thing. I love AEW. I'm a huge AEW fan. I go to bat for AEW. But right now, the show is not exciting. And I'm going to tell you why. They could be doing so much more. They could be doing so much more. We have way too many people on TV right now, all due respect, who right now with that current roster don't belong on TV. We have way too many squash matches. We have, we have to, and I say we, it's not me, but AEW has to, they have to have a tier setting and they have to have knowledge of who to put in what spot. The reason why the show is not exciting right now is one, there's constant squash matches there's matches with people who should be on AEW Dark. There's just way too many people on that roster and they're trying to please everybody and that's the problem. We should not be getting Sean Dean on the show. No disrespect to Sean Dean, big fan. We should not be getting... Even at this point, I'm sorry, but there's too much filler. There's too many squash matches. There's not enough wrestling showcased. And yeah, you have like the Brian Dances and Hangman Page going an hour and shit, but still, there is too many times where there is a lot of filler on that show. I remember in AEW from 2019 before they had all these stars where that show was a fucking killing field because every segment tried to outdo the last segment. 
So my big reasons why I think AEW right now is kind of not as exciting is because you have the stars. You have the potential, but you're not firing on it. Andrade. Malachi Black. These motherfuckers should be having matches. Now, I know you just ran the angle with Brody King, and I know you ran the angle with Andrade trying to make a business deal with Matt Hardy. But fuck all that. Listen. When you got... When you got matches that take up space, and then you tell me Andrade couldn't be on the show. When you have matches that are just filler, and you tell me Malachi Black couldn't have a match. When you tell me that people like, you know, I I think that Miro's injured, but even before the injury, you tell me that Miro couldn't be on the show. You tell me that Eddie Kingston can't be on the show. You tell me that these guys are just going to have backstage promos, promo segments, or a little, little tiny promo, and then you're going to give matches to... I'm not trying to name names because I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but you're going to give matches to people that should be on AEW Dark. And that's the fucked up part. They're trying to do that. Now, the other reasons why I feel is because they also, you know, they blow their load in the first hour. You would have a great, great, great opening matchup, great, great, great opening segment. But every time you have a title match on that show, it cannot be the first matchup. Build up to it. Another reason why I feel like it's in a slump, and it's something I've been noticing lately, is never has AEW opened up with an angle that followed throughout the show and ended in the main event. Now, I know that's very formulaic for the WWE, but everything on the AEW Dynamite gets announced before the show. And that's exactly what you see on the show. There's nothing left for surprise. Match-wise. There's never a segment that leads to a matchup in the main event. There's never a segment that leads to a matchup in general. It's always, this is what you're going to see tonight. And then what we tell you is what you're going to see. Also, it is very, very predictable now. Every single time AEW has a backstage segment, there's going to be an interruption. Sometimes the wrestlers barely get a word out. This happens all the time, about five or six times per Dynamite, Rampage, whatever. At what point do you say, all right, this is too much. Let's switch it up a little bit. It gets tiresome, you know what I mean? Like every single time a promo happens, someone has to cut them off. There's always going to be an interruption. Like, so the thing is they have the potential. They have the roster. But I don't think that AEW really been super, super exciting since AEW Grand Slam. They went all out in New York, and then they kind of fizzled out for a little bit. Not saying they, they can't get back to that excitement. They definitely could. They just need to switch it up a little bit. Speaking of AEW, let's talk about AEW Rampage from this past Friday. Good show. Adam Cole versus Trent started out the show. They had good chemistry with each other. Cole was working over Trent's neck. One thing I really hated about this match was if, look, I'm not, I'm not one of these old school fans that's like, oh, you know. But here's the thing. 
there was way too many meaningless pile drivers. The pile driver is bastardized now in the professional wrestling landscape, in AEW at least. You had Trent Beretta hit a pile driver on Adam Cole on the apron, or on the side of the ring, the, yeah, the ring apron, whatever. And Adam Cole kicks out. Adam Cole hits a Canadian Destroyer on Trent, who just came back from neck surgery, who he's been working over the neck the whole match. Trent kicks out. Then you got the uh, strong zero on Adam Cole kick out. Too many near falls, but especially if someone came back from neck surgery and he's kicking out of pile drivers? Come on, man. Like, that's the little shit that I'm saying. The little shit. They just need to tighten the screws a little bit. There should have been one pile driver. And it should have been said, since he had neck surgery, that pile driver was more that more devastating than it would usually be. The pile driver is a fucking banned move in the WWE. The pile driver is a banned move in certain states. It is a dangerous move. Yet there's like five or six in almost every AEW match, and there's kickouts. At Battle of the Belt, you had fucking Sammy Guevara take a damn Canadian destroyer from the ring apron through a table and kick out. What? Come on. Anyway, Adam Cole wins the match. We got a package for Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. When these two women eventually do have a match, I'm very excited for that. I am a huge Mercedes Martinez fan, and I love Thunder Rosa, so I'm really excited for that. Andrew Everett versus Sean Spears. Sean Spears makes very, very quick work of Andrew Everett. This is what I'm saying. There's a lot of squashes, especially on Rampage, too. A lot of squashes. Spears gets on the mic. He cuts a promo on CM Punk, says that, you know, we, we had the same path, and, you know, you took seven years off, and that's seven years too much, and I'm the great equalizer, and I'll take you out. He threw a little a subliminal shot at Wardlow, too, saying he's not a one-trick pony. But, yeah, that segment was just there. We got a diss track from the acclaimed against Darby and Sting. This was gold. This was gold. I love this. Really, really fun. Building up to the matchup between the number one ranked, the acclaimed versus Darby and Sting. I personally think that Darby and Sting should become the number one contenders for the tag team champions. Because I think Darby and Sting versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy would be a phenomenal matchup. We had Layla Hirsch, Chris Statlander, Red Velvet versus Benelope. I said Benelope. Penelope Ford, The Bunny, and Nyla Rose. Or as I call them, the (laughs) self-mutilators. The Bunny Rose and Ford win. There's still some, you know, problems between Layla Hirsch and Chris Statlander. They eventually have to have a match. Like, this, this storyline ain't that, you know, it ain't that intriguing for them to drag it out this fucking long. So, they have to have this match soon. We had a promo by Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. A really fun part of this show was Starks, uh, who's usually on commentary, was cutting a promo on Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal comes out. He says he's sick to his stomach with what's been going on with Team Taz and Dante Martin. He says that Starks doesn't care about wrestling more than his outfits that he wears. Lethal issued a challenge for the FTW champion. He says Starks needs to run it past Taz. And he says, whatever your daddy tells you, do this, do the opposite. Starks and Lethal have to be separated here. Taz says Lethal is not worthy of a FTW title shot. Jericho says that Lethal is a former Ring of Honor champion. Taz says he doesn't give a shit about Ring of Honor. Really entertaining stuff. Jay Lethal versus Ricky Starks could be a fucking banger, and I, I really am excited for that eventual showdown between these two. 
main event tag team title match. We had the Jurassic Express versus Silver and Reynolds. This was a really fun match. A lot of fast-paced action. Definitely good chemistry between these two teams. In the end, the Jurassic Express win. But don't sleep on Silver and Reynolds. They, they definitely put up a good matchup. But in the end, the Jurassic Express is still your tag team champions. Good episode of Rampage. I give it a two and a half out of five stars. You know, I, I definitely think this shit that needs to be tightened up, especially, and it's not just Rampage, it's AEW in general. Like, stop with the 15 pile drivers, the 15,000 fucking near falls. Stop with the, with the no selling. Like, bring back in-ring psychology because that's what's going to make people intrigued in the match. Fridays, we also got SmackDown. SmackDown came on before AEW Rampage. I should have covered that first, huh? 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 But, you know, we're going to end this podcast very WWE-like because we're going to be talking about SmackDown, and then we're going to go back in time and talk about some more WWE when we hop into the DeLorean. But let's talk about SmackDown first. Uh, the Usos start out the show. They say that they um, there's a fatal four-way tag match for the number one contenders between Los Lotharios, Cesaro, and Mansoor, Jinder, and Shanky, and the Viking Raiders. In all these teams, the Los Lotharios and the Viking Raiders are the only two real tag teams. Uh, the Viking Raiders win the matchup. It seems like we'll be getting the Usos versus the Viking Raiders at the Royal Rumble. That should be a really good matchup. Naomi confronts Sonya Deville. They're, they're still building up on this uh, feud between Naomi and Sonya. They eventually have to have a, a match. Sonya says that if uh, Naomi touches her, there will be repercussions. Sami Zayn came out doing a stupid jackass stunt. This is skippable. Aaliyah is here. She she got an upset victory on Natalia. That was that was pretty interesting. Um, Lita was here on the show. Lita, who is in the Royal Rumble. This is a super stacked show for the Royal Rumble. And Lita is here to promote the Royal Rumble. She is confronted by Charlotte. They go back and forth on the mic. And then Lita hits the twist of fate on Charlotte. I'm thinking that this is leading to a possible matchup at WrestleMania. Now, we already had Charlotte versus Trish. We had Charlotte be considered as the best women's wrestler in WWE history. She's beaten legends. She's beaten the top stars of today. But someone that she never been in the ring with and never faced was Lita. So Lita versus Charlotte should be a phenomenal matchup. Here we got Ricochet versus Sheamus for the 100th time. Very skippable. But the main event segment is what really had me intrigued on this show. I was really locked in on the show when it came to Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins going face-to-face. Roman Reigns said that the shield is beneath him. Rollins said that he had to hold his hand throughout the shield and even afterwards. Seth said that he created Roman and he could destroy Roman. Roman said that if he wanted to main event the Rumble with a megastar, he would have chose his wife over him. Really, really, you know, them's fighting words. Them's fighting words. Anyway, the Usos come out. They go to attack Seth, but he gets the better of them. Well, Seth Rollins got the better of Usos, and then Seth Rollins stands tall. Seth versus Roman should be a banger at the Royal Rumble. Good episode of SmackDown. Just some things were skippable. You know, some things was nonsense. Like, I didn't need to see Sami Zayn in his upcoming feud with Johnny Knoxville. Like, come on. I, I didn't need to see uh, Ricochet versus Sheamus for the 15th time. Anyway, a good episode. Very storyline heavy, and the storylines is what carry the show, especially that main event with Roman and Seth Rollins. I give SmackDown a two and a half out of five stars, too. Solid show. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Wrestling DeLorean. So, strapping your seatbelt. We're going back in time. It's Monday, so we end every Monday with the fight for Monday night. Let's talk about the WWE or the WWF from 1996. 
Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. do every Monday we end the show with the fight for Monday night where we go back in time and discuss every Monday night raw we're up to June 24th 1996 and like I said we're going to start doing more episodes at once so we're also going to be talking about the July 1st 1996 episode of Monday Night Raw this is the fallout from the WWE King of the Ring 1996 where Stone Cold Steve Austin won the King of the Ring tournament so we got a lot to talk about let's get into these shows right now June 24th, 1996, Monday Night Raw, the fallout show from the King of the Ring, started out with the intercontinental title match between Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Ahmed Johnson. This was a pretty quick matchup. Ahmed Johnson gets the victory. Good matchup, though. Good chemistry between these two. Triple H is still in the doghouse, you know, for those who don't know. He was supposed to win the 1996 King of the Ring, but after the curtain call, the infamous curtain call, where it was the last event for Razor Ramon and... Diesel and then Shawn Michaels and Triple H broke character and all hugged in the same ring. Triple H got in a little trouble. Anyway, Doc Hendricks interviews Ahmed Johnson after the match. He talks about being the first black IC champion. He says he's not going to just defend this for African Americans, but he's going to defend this for all people. He calls out Goldust. He says that, you know, he's going to take out Goldust. He calls him Sweet Lips, which is a little... Weird, because since Goldust kissed him, I don't know if he's complimenting him or if he's dissing him. But anyway, Sunday comes out for commentary. We got the Body Donnas versus the Brooklyn Brawler and another jobber. This was whatever. The Body Donnas win. I guess the Body Donnas are now babyfaces since Sunny left them. 
We got a six-man tag between Savio Vega, Aldo Montoya, and Barry Horowitz. They went against Vader, the British Bulldog, and Owen Hart. Of course, Vader, the Bulldog, and Owen Hart win. Uh, Brian Pillman comes down to ringside. He says that, well, Vince McMahon interviews Brian Pillman, and he says that he wants his money. He don't know. He doesn't need to get into the ring. He just needs to get his money. And Vince says he doesn't know what he's talking about. And he tries to cut to commercial. And Brian Pillman says, give me my money. It's, it's, it's a real weird segment, but definitely shows like the loose cannonness, if that's even a word. I just made loose cannon a verb. The loose cannonness of Brian Pillman. Main event, we got the very first encounter in the WWF between Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker. Austin jumpstarts the match. Uh, during the match, Goldust throws gold dust into Taker's eyes. Taker wins by DQ. Austin and Taker continue to brawl. The King wants to demand answers from Paul Bearer. It's just wildness here. Good episode, but definitely, I think it could have followed up from a great King of the Ring a little bit more. This was a little mediocre. Uh, I give it a one and a half out of five stars. Going to talk about the July 1st episode to July 1st, 1996. This show started out with a WWE title matchup between Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, two former partners here. They show the history with the Rockers and Shawn Michaels throwing Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. This was a long match, got a lot of time. Shawn Michaels gets the victory here. I don't think they were ever going to even consider putting the world title on Marty Jannetty, but anyway. Uh, we got footage of Phineas from the Godwins. He slops Sonny. Next, we got Jake the Snake Roberts on commentary for the matchup between Mankind and Duke the Dumpster. During the matchup, Jerry the King Lawler is going at Jake hard. Talk about him being a drunk. Talk about him losing his family. Just real harsh shit. Uh, Mankind picks up the victory on Duke the Dumpster. Jerry the King Lawler and Jake the Snake get face-to-face. King slaps Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake goozles Jerry the King Lawler. And Mankind comes out. He puts the man claw on Jake the Snake. We're going to be getting a feud between Jake the Snake and Mankind. Main event, Goldust versus Mark Miro. Stone Cold Steve Austin's on commentary. Pretty long matchup. Stone Cold Steve Austin's going to be having a rematch with Mark Miro at International Incident. A show that's also going to be main evented by Shawn Michaels, Ultimate Warrior, and Ahmed Johnson versus Owen Hart, Bulldog, and Vader. Goldust picks up the victory in this matchup, and we go off the air with Goldust standing tall. Pretty good Raw. I like this Raw better than I like the last Raw. I gave this Raw, you know, this Raw was a lot better. Had a lot of good in-ring action. I did like the uh, interaction between Jake the Snake and Jerry the King Lawler. It was very real. Good matchup between Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Good matchup in the main event between Mark Miro with Goldust. Good character development with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I give this show a 3 out of 5 stars. I definitely enjoyed this one a lot more. Like I said, we're on the road to International Incident. Really good stuff coming out of the WWE right now in 1996. I'm excited to continue on. Make sure you follow us along on Instagram, all the social medias, actually. Make sure you tune in to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast on Wednesday. We'll be giving you the rundown of everything that goes down on tonight's Monday Night Raw on tomorrow's NXT. We're going to be giving you the rundown of what's going to be going down on Wednesday's AEW and Like we do every Wednesday, we're going to be going back in time and talking about ECW, the land of extreme. We get a little extreme here on Wednesdays. But anyway, everybody stay strong, stay safe, stay positive. I love you guys. Thanks for following along. Thanks for always supporting. Thanks for being passengers of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Peace out.
my right pocket smoker Stoker my right in between Counting my profits poker Faces I soak up the taste This display of women on my sofa Doing the type of things I love so much But so what? I'm sleazy, it's not easy being Joe Smut With more bucks than you can count More than what's in your clutch I can fund a small war and start a recession A big dog, a boss hog What I want is the question I want it all From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.